0: Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast, a podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network, where we recap the podcast that just, well, not the podcast, recap the series mm-hmm. that just ended, and preview the series that's about to start for the Boston Red Sox. I'm your host, Keaton DeRocher, joined, as always, by Bailey Von Schneider. Bailey, happy to have you back after uh, a couple episodes... Uh, for, uh, fill-ins there glad yes. to be talking to you again
1: yes i'm sorry it's just been work's just been crazy but i've got a two-week vacation so i'm bringing the mic with me so uh the next you know the next couple series i am ready to go
0: fantastic all right well another nice little win for the series win for the red sox yeah. against the al east let's Love dive it. on in <laughs> uh first matchup waka versus jt Chargois. S- sort of really yarbro but yeah <laughs> shark walk the first inning mm-hmm. uh waka six innings pitched four runs four earns on five hits one walk six strikeouts strom then followed with a scoreless inning brazier then entered and imploded all over himself giving up three hits and a walk and four runs and then barnes and whitlock were able to finish it off whitlock for his sixth save we had three hits from kike hernandez and pluecky two hits from fam for jugo and Bogarts and Dingers from Cordero and Bogarts, uh, but first, how about your thoughts on Walker's start?
1: Um, I think it was it was fine. Like he definitely went six innings, like four earned. Again, if this is somebody who's your fourth or your fifth starter, you can't really ask for much more. You can't really ask for much more of what you know Michael Walker has given the Red Sox at all this season. He has been. Nothing but steady has been everything that we could have asked for and more in the signing. So I have no problems with it. And he did everything to, you know, keep the Red Sox in the game.
0: Yeah, I gave up a couple of homers here, uh, but everything else was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, five hits in 16 innings is not so bad, especially with only one walk. Six strikeouts yeah. was nice. Everything else was pretty good. Just got touched with the long ball there, mm-hmm. which is um, kind of all over the place this series with both teams. So um, I thought this yeah. It's kind of a nice little start for a walkout. Yeah. Uh, on the offensive side, though, uh, Franchi is hot again. Yes. Oh. Um, question is, though, with that, you know, oh. the defensive woes there, yes. uh, does he have a spot on this roster? And I don't necessarily mean starting, but just yeah. does he fit in somewhere in this roster for I, 2023, or is I, he just kind of the guy?
1: I think he – the problem, as you did say, is the defense – but I think he's a really good bench bat for the, the Red Sox to have. And there is still so much potential in that. Like the power, like that home run he hit. Like it's easy power. There's a lot of it. Um, so I like the idea of keeping him around. Especially if you, like Hyun's got so much money to, to go to work with, the, you know, this offseason. Um, barely anybody under contract. He's got so much to do and figure out. But I love the idea of having Franchi there when you have like a really solid, you know, rotation of people to you know actually play for the Red Sox next year. You know, from you know one through nine in the order that this would be a great piece to have on your bench. So, uh, but yeah, you are right. It the defense is just terrible everywhere he plays. That and that's the issue.
0: Yeah, the consistency also. I think. Um, mm-hmm. like you said would be perfect for that to kind of bench roll and yeah um if you don't have to rely on a lot of innings mm-hmm. from him at first then I can see like in a pinch if it's just kind of like um you know a late inning pinch at bat and then just based on that you had to use him for like an inning at first mm-hmm. but like mainly using him as like depth outfield yeah. for next year I can kind of see that but I'd like. To see the the power keep going because i feel like when he was hot that first run through with the red sox mm-hmm. um in the first half he wasn't really hitting a lot of homers he was hitting a lot of doubles um it was kind of uh not displaying the the massive power that we were kind of hoping would be there but he's hitting more home runs now in the stint so um kind of hoping that he's just kind of building on some of that success and we can see some of that come put on display in this hot streak and, We'll see how long this lasts.
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think it's... It is streaky, and that's the problem. But streaky works if it's your fourth outfielder yeah. or your backup first baseman, for sure. Like, that's exactly what, you know... uh JBJ was supposed to be for the Red Sox this year. And that's exactly what he is for Toronto right now. He's being what he's supposed to be. And that's what he was supposed to be for the Red Sox this year. You know, it's just injuries and this and that and everything just sort of crumbling. It was a big part of the issue for, you know, JBJ being thrust into a role like that. He's really not made for at this part of his career.
0: Yep. Exactly. Mm. Fully on board.
1: Yeah. But uh, we had a a fantastic start from uh, Rich Hill. We had Rich Hill versus Old Friend Springs in a 5-1 win for the Red Sox. Hill, seven innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, 11 Ks. I mean... This might be the best, like, they were talking pretty much the whole game about this might be the best start he's had since, you know, the 2018 World Series. Where he was mowing down the Red Sox, and then, you know, there was the uh, questionable call from Roberts to take him out of the game. You know, but that's the nature of the the sport nowadays, you you know. Um, So, an amazing start from him. And then Familia, who's been, you know, outside of one outing, has been pretty... Decent for the Red Sox, you know. And Schreiber, of course, once again, finished it off. Uh, he picked up his fifth save. Uh, Verdugo had a great day for himself. Another two-hit game for him. McGuire and Cordero, uh, one of which was a homer for Franchi, showing off that power. Um, I pretty much just told you my thoughts, but how did you feel about what we saw from Rich Hill on the mound?
0: Yeah, that was awesome. I, this was the kind of start that I, I didn't know that he had in him anymore. Right. Um, and this was just really cool to see. Like seven mm-hmm. innings, three hits was just complete domination. Like, wasn't allowing anything, and especially coming into it too, I was uh, really expecting like the complete opposite because the mm-hmm. Rays had fully stacked a right-handed lineup yep, against really them, um, and the Hills splits I think um, like was a pretty stark between mm-hmm. righties and lefties, and what was. Exactly the reason why Tampa had just, like, fully beefed a right-handed lineup here in this start. So I was like, well, you know, it'd be great if you could get through, like, five and, mm-hmm. you know, keep it close, uh, <laughs> turning it over. Uh, and <laughs> just was completely like, okay, I see you, challenge accepted. And was like, all right, see so if you can touch this. And it looks just absolutely yeah. dominant. It was I awesome think, to see.
1: I think we got to give a little bit of credit to McGuire as well. Like, I think since he's come... Like, he's great behind the plate. I think he called an amazing game. I think the pitch, Mitch, was just brilliant. So, like, I think these are things that we're seeing that we lacked with Vasquez. I don't think that Vasquez necessarily ever called a great game, you know. Um, so I think it's, it's nice to see someone behind there. And you can roll with someone who, you know, maybe isn't hitting the best when they're calling – a great game because there's a value in that you know but i mean again he had two hits in the game so like he was also contributing um at the plate as well
0: yeah yeah i think you're right you know we always heard um you know pitchers liked pitching to vasquez because it was defense but we didn't hear a lot about the game calling ability there it mm-hmm. was always just the just his defensive ability to keep yeah. everything in front of him um but we are seeing that with mcguire and mm-hmm. that's something definitely to watch going forward
1: yeah, and then um, speaking to Rob Bradford about uh, playing in 2023, Hill did outline a plan for essentially a very extended spring training-like schedule with extra time to ramp up and then uh, committing to a roster around the All-Star break to conserve innings and energy, um, which is like an interesting way of going about it. And I guess when you, you are as old as Rich Hill, you can sort of figure this out. But like, do we think that that's something that the Red Sox would – try to do, you know, sort of like mid-season acquisition of Rich Hill.
0: It's not a bad idea at face value. Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I feel like this team is going to look so different next year.
1: Yes. Oh my it, God, I think yeah. it
0: really fully... I, like, I don't know if I'd be able to like be like, oh, yeah, no, that totally makes sense until I actually see what the team mm-hmm. looks like at the All-Star break next year. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what the starting pitching is going to look like, but... You never can have enough of that. Um, I mean,
1: when Jacob Degrom is starting the All Star Game for the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you're not going to need Rich Hill, you know. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. But you never know with injuries, so it's like we Very could true. go into like start the season and be like, no, 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 we're totally good. We've got like six, seven deep. We feel strong about it. And then half of the starters that they have go down, and you're like, hey, actually, you know, it would be kind of nice to have a guy like that. So, yeah. Um, I feel like for his plan it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and I feel like it would be just a wait-and-see thing for the Red Sox. But, um, you know, if they're in a spot for a guy like that, I think it, w- it would make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, it's good for him. It's an interesting way of trying to go about it.
0: Yeah. Game three today. This one, not as fun. No. Uh, Pavetta versus Kluber. Uh, Pavetta went five innings, mm-hmm. gave up eight hits, five runs, all earned, three walks, four Ks. Saramura followed. And he allowed three runs. Then Brazier was able to work a scoreless inning. Then Davis came in, finished it off, gave up four runs, two of them earned. Offense had a nice little day, though. Bogarts had three hits. Pham had two hits. Arroyo uh, and Dahlbach and Cordero, uh, JDM, uh, sorry. Arroyo and Dahlbach also had two hits. Uh, Cordero, JDM, and Pham all had dingers. Mm. Three solo shots for them. Uh, What were your thoughts on Pavetta's start?
1: Man, it's just so... It's been so hot and cold for, you know, for Nick Pavetta this year. And, like, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, like, sure, it was fine. Like, five innings, not the best. You know, five runs, three walks. He had four Ks. This is just like... This seems like a second half of the season Nick Pavetta start, And when he's your fifth or something and you're rolling with that, you're like, sure, fine, Whatever. But again, it's just because the rest of the rotation really isn't rounded out well to just say, oh, yeah, not a bad start from Nick Pavetta as your number five, and you get a couple gems thrown in there. But, you know, when it is a little more heightened when, you know, he's supposed to be one of your better pitchers this year and he was so good, um, it's tough to say, and he just frustrates me. Like when he doesn't have a fastball, when he's throwing like 91-93, he's just not good. You know, he needs that the fastball to be working for him. In order for to have everything else work, so it's just frustrating at times watching someone like him pitch.
0: Yep, completely agree. And the way that the Red Sox offense has been going lately, five runs isn't uh, a huge hill to overcome. Like I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously they were able to get four here, yeah. So they were able to kind of climb back into that. Mm -hmm. Three solo home runs. (laughs) They were able to get a couple more guys on base. Yeah, it's kind of a, a whole different ball game there. So if you're if Pavetta is your fourth fifth. It's not an awful start. That was enough awful. to kind of keep you in the game, but yeah. um, not when you have an entire rotation full of fourth, fifth starters. You're hoping for yes. a little bit more there. Absolutely. And then hopefully somebody gets on base for one of those homers and they're not all solo yeah.
1: shots. Yeah, then the <laughs> game looks a little different.
0: Yeah. Um, so my follow-up note here on this game um, was going to be a follow-up about the middle relief and how bad it's been. Um, and is it time to... Make some changes. And in the couple hours yeah. since I wrote this, they are starting to make some changes. Yay. So uh, Austin Davis and Mora have been DFA'd. Uh, we, it has been reported that Zach Kelly is one of the names coming up. Uh, hopefully Frank German and Eduard Pizzardo, uh, one of them, um, will be the other. Um, so well, how do we feel about the, those changes finally being made here oh. in, the, in the Middle the Leaf and getting some, some new, new fresh names here? long time
1: coming i think uh very excited uh you know they've been just playing really really well down in worcester like they've deserved this you know the guys that are going to be coming up um and people like austin davis and hero uh, kazasara mora have just not been performing so maybe they'll clear waivers and they'll go down there um in worcester maybe they can figure some things out maybe they could a part of the 2023 roster but um i think it's good to get see these guys and see what they can do uh i'm excited for a lot of changes i know uh we expand to 28 shortly i think i'm not sure exactly if that's a september 1st thing but then hopefully we're going to be seeing tristan Casas soon or Connor wong has just been absolutely killing it down there so um i'm I'm excited to see some of these changes because some of these things can really help benefit us for 2023 because this, yeah, like you said, this team is going to look a lot different, you know, come, you know, spring training.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to see what these guys can do. Uh, none of them are on the 40-man roster, but I didn't think that should have been something holding them back mm-hmm. from being called up, like, a week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Because um, I don't think you were getting anything out of these guys that are being DFA'd anyway. True. Um, so I'm excited yeah. to finally see them and see if they can contribute to basically carve out their path for a roster spot for next year. So. Yeah. Uh Really excited to see that, and like you said, hopefully we get to see Casas and Wong you're following them shortly as well. So, fun things. Who is your MVP of the series?
1: Uh I think I, I had to go with Rich Hill. I mean, yeah. Dick Mountain was doing some great things in that start, and I was very excited to to see it.
0: Yeah, shout out to Franchie and Nice little series, but sure. Rich Hill, Rich Hill's the man for this one. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for. This series against the Rays. We'll take a quick break, come back and preview the series against the Twins. All right, the up to the minute standings here in Major League Baseball. The New York Yankees are still leading in the American League East at 78 and 50. The Rays are second, seven and a half back at 70 and 57. Blue Jays nine back, 68 and 58. Orioles, 10 and a half back at 67 and 60. The hottest team in the American League since the uh, <laughs> All-Star break, I believe. Wild. Um, and they yeah. gave
1: away. They sold. They yeah. sold. Nuts. Ugh.
0: Don't understand it. Uh, yeah. And then the Red Sox in fifth, 16 back at 62 and 66. They went now uh, head to Minnesota to face the second place in the AL Central Twins at 65 and 61. Pitching matchups here. We have uh Bayo versus Bundy, Crawford versus Archer, and then Waka versus Joe Ryan. How do we feel about those matchups?
1: I'm feeling pre- I'm feeling pretty good. I am Bayo looked really Bayo's looked good. Like any anytime he has had a little bit of struggle, there's been a lot of bad luck involved. I'm really, really excited about this this guy going forward, especially into twenty twenty three. So I think he's gonna have a really good start. Uh Cutter Crawford has been you know solid he'll have his ups and downs but again this is this is a rookie thrown thrust into a situation that you know probably if if healthy doesn't happen um so I'm actually really excited and Waka has been you know Waka has been everything we could have asked for and more so I'm excited about this series um you know in Minnesota
0: yeah I feel pretty good about these two I was obviously Bayo's last start was incredible yeah want to keep that going absolutely um crawford like you said kind of inconsistent mm-hmm. but bundy hasn't really been very good no uh archer hasn't been good since like 2013 joe ryan's good though yeah joe ryan is good yeah that's that's gonna be a really fun one to watch yeah um that one is easily the best matchup but the other two i think are definitely toss-ups because um everybody's kind of inconsistent but i think um mm-hmm. the red sox could have an upper hand <laughs> with like if bale repeats his performance. And Carter Crawford could be, like, a little bit more consistent than mm-hmm. they should have the better starters yeah. uh, in those two games. So then it'll all come down to the offense. And then uh, lineup that the Twins are rolling out there. Um, Luis Arise leading off. Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco batting third. Jose Miranda batting cleanup. Nick Gordon fifth. Uh, Gio Urshela sixth. Max Kepler seventh. Gilberto Celestino, 8th, and Sandy Leone, ninth. It's not a whole lot there.
1: No, there's really not. There's Carlos Correa, but that's a... And Aras has had a pretty good... Isn't he leading in batting still?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's a tough out.
1: Uh-huh. But again, this should be uh, a team that the Red Sox can handle. And yeah. I do love that the Red Sox are not playing great. 62-66. Uh, you know, they're under five hundred, but... We're talking about, you know, only a couple of games really off the pace of the Twins. And the Twins are pretty much second in their, um, you know, the American League Central. And that just proves how crappy that American League Central really is.
0: Yeah, that's that's a weak division there.
1: Yeah, man. The Red Sox are just, again, underperforming like crazy. But again, in the toughest division in baseball. So,
0: yeah. What do you uh, what do you predict for this series?
1: Yeah, I think it could be a 2-1. I think uh, the, the Waka Joe Ryan game, it could go either way, but I think that's going to be their most difficult one. So that's one I'm predicting that they could lose. Um, I think they'll handle Bundy Archer without a problem. Um, so I'm saying 2-1, and I'm thinking that Rafael Devers is going to start coming out of this slump. So uh, I'm excited to see what um, he can do in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I got 2-1 for the Sox as well. I'm going to go Kike Hernandez for my mm. MVP. He's been kind of... Feels like he's been getting stronger and stronger yeah. since he came off the the IL and he's he got a couple of dingers, so I feel like he's moving in the right direction. Had three hits in Game One of this series, so I feel like he's got that momentum going. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, keep your ears tuned to this podcast feed for all the other great pods we keep pushing out. Uh, you can find us at the Over the Monster website where we write some stuff sometimes. You can also find us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can find me at Spokekeats. You can find Bailey at Fraulein89. Bailey, do you have anything else you want to plug?
1: No, no. Just uh, follow follow me on uh, the Twitter.
0: Perfect. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week to recap the Twins and preview uh, whoever is next. I forgot to look it up. (laughs)